Did you know Jesus talked more about hell than he did about love? He talked way more about hell than he did heaven. And just about every time, he pleads with us, don't go there. Welcome to the Parable Podcast. Thanks for joining Family Life on-air host Randy Snavely as he digs into the story lessons taught by the world's greatest teacher, Jesus. In this episode, it's the Parable of the Net from Matthew chapter 13. If you are old enough, you probably remember the show that started out with the trombone and French horn playing those notes. Dragnet, a show about a police dragnet that swept through the city, rounding up all kinds of people to be investigated. It didn't matter if you were innocent or guilty. The cops picked you up to find out if you were bad or good. Well, that's exactly what our next parable is about in Matthew 13, looking at verses 47 through 52. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the last parable in Matthew 13, and if you remember from the wheat and the weeds parable in verses 24 through 30, God allows both good and evil to grow together. For a while in his current kingdom, God permits both to flourish. But even God's patience has its limits, and judgment will come. This dragnet parable really serves as a warning to all of us, and really it's quite frightening. A time is coming when the good and the bad will be separated. Now, you have to admire how Jesus knows his audience. He's aware that there are farmers and fishermen listening to him speak, so he uses illustrations that they would easily understand. This time, it's about fishing. More than likely, the net was anchored on shore at one end and tied to a boat on the other end. The boat would then go out on the lake, then move over a ways, and then come back to shore, forming a big loop. The net could be up to a half mile long. With floats on top of the net and weights on the bottom, it would gather up practically everything in its path. It really was a dragnet. When the trawling was done, the fishermen then began the long process of separating the good fish from the bad ones, as well as all the other stuff the net had drudged up. The separating reminds me of the potato harvester I talked about in the wheat and the weeds parable. The potatoes were saved, but the rocks and dirt clumps were thrown out. Now, the separation of the fish was not an unknown concept to these people. This from commentator Klein Snodgrass. 
there are as many as 24 species of fish in the Sea of Galilee. While any fisherman would sort his catch to exclude inedible fish or undesirable creatures, Jewish law necessitated sorting, for it allowed only fish with scales and fins to be eaten. So they had to sort. They knew how to sort, and Jesus knew that. He uses their understanding of catching and separating the fish as a metaphor for the judgment that is coming. By the way, this is not the first time the net metaphor was used to illustrate judgment. Ezekiel 32 verses 1 through 3 and Habakkuk chapter 1 verses 14 through 17 are other illustrations that these Jews would have been familiar with. The idea of a net being used to teach collecting people to be judged may seem a bit peculiar to us, but it wasn't to Jesus' audience. Jesus explains the parable in verses 49 and 50. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now, if this sounds vaguely familiar, like maybe we've already seen these words before in a parable, you're right. In the parable of the wheat and the weeds, in verses 40 through 42, it says practically the same thing. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, why does Jesus repeat himself in another parable? It almost feels like it's a rerun. Why did he say the same thing in a different parable just a short time later? Well, I think Jesus repeats the warning of the coming judgment because he does not want any to perish. listening to the parable podcast from Family Life. This parable from Matthew 13, 49 through 52, called The Dragnet. Peter said in 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slow about his promises, as some consider slowness, but is extraordinarily patient not wanting any to perish. The Lord is compassionate. He frequently warns us about hell because he doesn't want any of us to go there. Ezekiel wrote in 33:11, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Jesus said in Matthew 23:37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Firefighters had finally gotten the upper hand over the forest fire, and they were working back through the devastation, making sure that all the hot spots had been put out. As they traipsed across the blackened landscape and smoldering remains, one firefighter saw a large lump on a path in the now barren field. As he got closer, 
he realized the lump was actually the charred remains of a large bird. And that puzzled the man. Why didn't the bird fly away when the flames came near? Had it been injured? Arriving at the carcass, the fireman nudged it with his boot and nearly jumped out of his boots because of the movement around his feet. Four little birds flailed away in the dust and ash and then scurried away down the hillside. The bulk of the mother's body had covered the little ones from the searing flames. The heat consumed her, but she kept her baby safe. She gave the ultimate sacrifice to save her young. But not all chicks run to their mothers in time of danger. Some are paralyzed in panic. Others may try to find a way to save themselves, and in most instances, they are killed. The mother hen cannot run around gathering her chicks individually. They have to come to her. And that's the way it is with Jesus. He loves us so much that he warns us over and over about the coming judgment, wanting us to run to him so he can rescue us. Did you know Jesus talked more about hell than he did about love? He talked way more about hell than he did heaven. In fact, Jesus spoke more about hell than all the other preachers in the Bible combined. And just about every time, he pleads with us, Don't go there. Don't go there. I died to keep you out of there. The lake of fire is a place of incredible torment and pain. When the rich man died and went to hell in Luke chapter 16, it's called a place of torment. The man begs for mercy, saying, Have pity on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. I've told you before about jumping into a swimming hole as a kid and coming out of the water with an old rusty wire through my hand. I really freaked out seeing it on both sides of my hand, and my uncle scooped me up and rushed me to the county doctor's office. I remember the doctor looking at my hand and the alarmed look on his face, and for a split second I felt like he had no clue about what to do, but then he took charge. He found a pair of wire cutters and cut half of the wire off. Then he grabbed a pair of pliers to pull the wire the rest of the way through my hand. But before he did that, he had his nurse get a towel. He told me to open my mouth and then put the towel in my mouth. When he pulled that wire out of my hand, I bit down hard on that towel. You see, the doc knew maybe I would have broken some teeth because of the pain I was feeling. I frequently reminisce about that moment when I read about gnashing of teeth in the Bible. Hell is an awful place. And Jesus warns us not once, but twice in these two parables to avoid going there. The differences between these parables are, in the wheat and the weeds, the time focus is between the start of the kingdom and the end of the age. It's during that time both Jesus and the devil are at work in the world leading up to the final judgment. The focus of the dragnet parable is on the future judgment itself. In the wheat and the weeds, the destruction of the wicked is mentioned, but the focus is on the righteous and how they will shine in the end. It stresses the glorious future for the followers of Christ. 
In the dragnet parable, the emphasis is not on the righteous, but on the wicked and their end, which is destruction. The kingdom net will catch everybody, both the wicked and the righteous. They will be separated, and the evil ones, the ones who don't run to Christ to be rescued, will be thrown into the fiery furnace. In verse 51, Jesus asked them, Do you understand what I have just taught you? And they respond, Yes. So Jesus says, Okay then, you're my scribes. You already know the Old Covenant, and now you've learned a little bit about the New Covenant and the mysteries of the Kingdom. It is your job to get this information out to others. It's your responsibility to warn others about what is coming. That's what a scribe does. This has been the Parable Podcast with Randy Snavely. Click the subscribe button and you'll automatically be notified when new episodes are released. And be sure to check out Family Life's other original podcasts, such as Therese Talk, if that makes sense, and Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim. Family Life is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership makes podcasts like this possible. Learn more at familylife.org.